0: Welcome, everyone, to episode four of the High Altitude Training Institute podcast. This is Greg Reverdio, and I'm joined again today by the usual suspect, Tom and John. Tom, how's thing in Denver?
1: Uh, a little colder than last time, but uh, pretty nice.
0: Yeah, it sounds about right. John, what about you? Well, I shouldn't even ask John, but how's <laughs> Florida? Business as usual here, running without a shirt uh, here in
2: December, so no complaints.
0: All right, whatever. Um, so... Last episode, we discussed a topic that was uh, very important to a lot of people, which was uh, losing uh, running motivation. And so I hope that we gave you a lot of uh, useful information and uh, that you were able to log some, uh, some miles since last time we talked. So today, we're talking about a different topic uh, that's come up uh, several times with some of our clients, and that's cross-training. And uh, how do you do cross-training in uh, in addition to your running miles or in lieu of your running miles. So um, what I want to start with is, John, uh, I think you have some uh, basic rules that need to be followed when we talk about cross-training. So go ahead, what do you think? Yeah, In general with running, I
2: think consistency is always going to be priority number one. And so what I mean by that is, I think there's a certain amount of miles that your body can handle. And the the key is you need to come up with a training plan that makes sense for you. And I think the more miles that you can get in uh, and avoid burnout and avoid injury, the better off you're going to be. So where does cross-training fit in? And so what I typically say is a point I like to make is one minute spent running is going to be more effective for your running fitness than one minute spent doing any other exercise. And so the the big caveat to that is if that minute spent running is going to bring you closer to the brink of where you're going to be injured or you're going to be burned out, then you've went too far, right? You shouldn't have spent that minute running. If it's a point where your training plan says you're supposed to run a a five-mile easy run or you're supposed to do a workout – And you also have a a yoga session that you could go do. Well, you probably should do the run if running is the most important thing for you. Um, And I can speak from experience on this. I had had a season in 2011 where, for whatever reason, I decided that I was going to change my bent a little bit. And uh, running was still my key. It was still my focus. It was what I wanted to do and wanted to become better at. But I decided I was going to throw some triathlons in there and see how that worked out. And I know a lot of triathletes are great runners. Um, and, and obviously great athletes. I'm, I'm amazed by some of the things that uh, triathletes do, but for me, one thing that I had seen, and this was probably eight years into my running career, I had seen big gains pretty much every single season that I'd been running. Um, and in, it was in 2011, I joined a, a Tri group and I started doing some swimming and it, it was fantastic for my swimming. I became a much better swimmer, learned techniques, had a coach, had a group that I swam with. Same thing with cycling. I was a guy that you know, I could barely cycle 15, 20 miles and I'd be uh, you know, just just uh, toast by the end of it. I could you know, I could r- go on these group rides 50, 60, 70 miles, and I could handle that. and, and you know, so in, in a lot of ways, I became a better overall athlete. But for my running, it suffered. I mean, I can, you know, I can, I can look back at my times, and in the past, I'd been having these, you know, these nice PRs. I'd been training hard, and I had to give up a lot of that mileage and a lot of those workouts and things that I was doing in order for me to start working on, essentially cross training, because cross training is what I was treating it as. Now, if your goal is to run a fa- fast, triathlon, you need to do those, you know, triathlon workouts. If your goal is to become a fast runner, which was my goal at the time. You have to keep your focus on what's going to be most important. And so that's why I come back to if you'd be better off, uh, you know, if you, if you have a run on the schedule, or a run on the calendar as part of your training plan, and you have a choice, you're better off doing the run. Now, if you're burned out or, you know, you're, you're close to your maximum mileage, then maybe you think about other things. But again, the, the, the key would be if you have a choice between the two and you're supposed to be doing the run. You should always pick the run if running is your focus. And so, I mean, that's one of the key, you know, just, just critical concepts that, that I would reiterate
0: yeah and and you know it's funny because if you read the uh, jack daniels which is uh, a major reference for all three of us in in what we do in running um he does talk about the fact that um he doesn't like cross training at all he uh he says that if you're going to be running and training for a running race you should be running and that's it um, now i think that's a little bit extreme maybe that's good for uh, an olympian which he has coached but for the majority of people i think it, there is room in there for cross training so but that was a really good point i, I like what you were saying john about the the triathlon approach and and i'll talk a little bit more about the triathlon approach in in a little bit but um, one of the rules to follow as well i think is um, when it comes to cross training and doing core exercises uh, core exercises should be actually done in addition to your running instead of just uh, skipping a run and and doing core training so uh, tom you tell us a little bit more about how we should do core training
1: yeah and i I agree with you guys, uh, mainly in principle that, um, you know, running is the most important part of your training plan, but that's also based on the assumption that, you know, your body is already healthy and built to sustain that level of mileage. And I think for a lot of us, we live the typical American lifestyle of sitting in a chair, sitting in a car, um, then maybe our bodies aren't as as well-developed as they possibly could be for running. Um, so I think that's where there's some value in doing some core exercises, you know, even before your run to kind of wake your body up. Um, you can find a lot of research online, um, different routines, uh, lunge routines, uh, some clamshell routines to, to kind of wake up your backside, so to say, um, because that is the main propeller while you're running is, is your butt and your hamstrings. And if you do some core exercises to both, not only strengthen those muscles, but to wake them up and get them firing before you start a run, you take a lot of stress off the feet, off the ankles, off the calves, Um, really can help you prevent, you know, a lot of recurring injuries, um, anywhere from IT band syndrome to, to plantar fasciitis. So, I think there's a a lot of benefit to be gained from just a a quick core routine, um, you know, 10 minutes in the morning or, or after work before you head out for your run.
0: Yeah. And actually, you're talking about PF and IT band. And we just posted an article this week about IT band that I think has a lot of good information. So make sure you go take a look at that. And actually, we're working on the PF uh, plantar fasciitis uh, article this week uh, for you guys. So um, very timely uh, mention of that, Tom. John, what, what do you think about that? So for
2: core, um, and I guess when I say core, I can I can tell already that Tom and I are talking about slightly different things. But one thing that I would notice at the end of particularly longer races, uh, I'd say half marathon uh, or or even at the marathon, you know, you get you see the pictures uh, after the race, and I could tell that I was actually breaking down. I was losing running economy. Uh, towards the end of a race, because my core was not strong enough to to really support me throughout the whole uh, event. Uh, and again, this is particularly for for longer races. And so, uh, particularly, I'd say for the last maybe three, four years, something like that, I've started adding in a lot of core. And when I'm saying core, I'm talking about mostly abs core being, being your, your torso uh, area. And and I've started adding a lot of that in typically after a run, uh, usually after an easy run. And for me, what the routine has become, I'll finish the run, And I'll do a video. I know a lot of people don't like videos. And really, you could could go look online and get pretty much any workout you want. For me, I do a video. It's not a long thing. It's typically somewhere between, I'd say, 7 to 15 minutes. Um, But I I started doing that on a regular basis. Uh, I'd say probably four or five times a week. Visibly, I noticed differences in my body. But particularly towards the end of a race, if I look at pictures now, I'm still holding my body upright. I still look like I'm running strong, even though mentally I might be fading and I might be dying at least physically, when I look at my body, I don't look like I'm caving over. I look like I'm running strong. And I really do attribute a fair amount of that to the core exercises that I did. And I felt that like that made me a a better runner. Now, again, I wouldn't have traded those minutes I spent doing core for hitting the run that I was supposed to do that day. But if I finished the run that I was going to do and felt like I had another five or 10 minutes that I could do something, I'd add that in. And I do believe that made me a stronger runner. Yeah. And
1: John, I think you, you hit on an important point there too, that it, it doesn't have to be an overly long or complicated routine where you need a gym membership and a bunch of fancy equipment to, to get the needed benefit. It's, it's something like you do that you can do at home, you know, in the comfort of your living room and can pay huge dividends on race day.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I am not looking to, to put any plugs out there. I mean, for me, I've done some of the P ninety X stuff, and I think some of the P ninety X core uh, core videos are pretty good. That's typically what I do. Uh, there is a million different things you could do that would be just as effective or more effective, but for me, that's you know, that's the video
0: that I happen to watch. Awesome! Yeah, that's really really good feedback. Um, in terms of I want to go back real quick at the triathlete approach I, I, I started with triathlons before I became a full-time runner uh, I haven't done a triathlon in a while but I know that when I did um, one of the advantage of doing several sports and training for several sports and again I wasn't really focusing on any of the sports I was trying to do all of them and uh, what I found is I could do two or three different exercises a day of two or three different sports and be just fine and in terms of how my body felt was just okay so you know you can go for a swim and then go for a run right after and you're working completely different muscles and I think the swimming actually is great for core and uh, it's one way of doing it I know some people don't like swimming I really enjoy doing it and so for me that's the way that I get my core workout uh, out of the way and then also I was using biking as a commute so if you live close to work and the weather is good enough consider uh, commuting to work I did that for Uh, two or three years when I lived in Florida. Uh, It was 20 miles every day, 10 miles each way, and logged a ton of miles. (laughs) My car stayed in the garage pretty much the whole time. I think one year I did about 2,000 miles in my car and everything else was done on the bike. So uh, that was a great way to uh, stay in shape. I think if you're looking to mix things up, there's a few things you need to keep in mind as a runner. And uh, one of my recommendation would be if you're going to be doing a, a cross-training exercise on the same day of a run, try to do it after you run. And I think that's what, John, you were saying with your, uh, your core exercise. But if you have a hard workout coming up, what we call a quality workout, I say try to stay away from doing a, a hard cross training day uh, before those quality workouts. These will take a lot out of you and you need to make sure that um, your body is ready to do that workout and is hundred percent ready to do that intensity for, you know, maybe an hour on the track or whatever it's going to be. Just be sure that you're ready. And I think Tom, maybe you have a different approach on that.
1: Yeah. And I, I think you're right in the fact that you shouldn't do any hard cross training the same day prior to a quality running workout. But if you're going to be doing um a hard cross training workout, say it's squats or deadlifts, something like that that's really going to take a lot of pop out of your leg, um I see benefit in doing that actually after the uh the hard workout. Um just on the principle of the hard easy day sort of idea is you want to keep your hard days hard, your easy days easy so that you can recover. So if you're heading into the gym, you know, that same day after running a quality workout, you haven't had the time for that delayed soreness that's going to come from the hard workout you ran on the track, whether it be that morning or that afternoon. So you're able to give a lot more effort to that that workout and concentrate all the hard work on that one day so that the next two days you can actually concentrate on, on recovering rather than being sore and being tired and having to drag yourself into the gym to do you know
0: some hard lifting yeah that's a very good point um it's (laughs) it is never fun to try to do anything after one of those quality workouts especially if you gave it all you had so uh, we've all been there the um, another thing that i think we need to keep in mind as kind of a rule i would say is uh, if you're going to do cross training for running try to do something that works a muscle group that's going to be beneficial to running so um, maybe tom you have some examples of things that people can do and i know you're also working on an article for the website that's going to give people a better idea of what kind of workouts you can do to um, to supplement your running
1: yeah absolutely and you can really think about the type of exercises that are going to help your running form if you just think about what muscles you're using while you run. So focus on things that may strengthen you know, your lower legs, the the backside of your legs, your hamstrings, uh, your glutes, muscles that, that tend to be weaker um, for most people. Um, even focusing on the upper and lower back, um, and the shoulders, you know, to, to hit on what John was talking about earlier, um, a lot of us, if we're underdeveloped in the upper body can tend to break down later in the race. And if we don't have enough strength in, in the back and the shoulders, our, our arms don't swing like they should. And, you know, your legs are really only going to turn as fast to, as your arms, as your arms let them. So you need to do, uh, some work in that regard. You know, you can, Ignore the, the beach body exercises. You know, we all can't look like a superhero like John does. So, you know, doing, <laughs> doing, doing bench press and, and bicep curls, well, they, they may get you, get you the ladies. They're not going to help your running uh, all that
0: much. John? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> well i know i think i think that and i've read that a long time ago i'm 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 not i have zero upper body and and i think i can still run a decent pace but uh I've, I've read that before that a lot of those upper body exercises just add more body weight and you you gotta hold it around you know if you look at the guys that run fast marathon fast half marathon even i mean all the way down to a 5k uh, the guys are trim and uh, only when you get to the two. 100 400 meter uh, that you start getting bulky and it's all about muscle but uh, that's kind of a different topic at this stage but uh, I think another rule that we need to keep in mind is uh, try to keep it low impact as well Um, obviously running is pretty high impact as it is so when you do something on the side try to keep it low impact one thing that I really like doing and because I'm in a good area for this is doing mountain biking Um, I got a, a bazillion trails available around my house and a big group of mountain Bikers in the area, very good uh, mountain biking community. So I've I've used it um, last year quite a bit as a uh, as a cross training opportunity, and uh, it was a good way to build up different muscles. Uh, I ran six days a week, and then on Thursdays I would uh, take the day off from running, and then just go and do um, a mountain biking. Um, outing you know for maybe 20 or 25 miles and and that really kept me in good shape so that was one way to take a day off from the impact and then just go do mountain biking which was good for my upper body quite frankly because it does take a lot of upper body to move that bike around and that was a lot of fun and then one more thing that I want to add is basically uh, the fact that recently I've been running seven days a week instead of the six that I did in the past and I completely cut mountain biking or any kind of cross training out of my routine. And what it's done to me is it's allowed me to increase my mileage, my weekly mileage, which I have never been really good at. Um, I've, I've never enjoyed doing a lot, a ton of miles, which to me is about, you know, 55 to 60 miles a week. Um, and, um, And I've learned to get there, and running seven days a week has made it a lot easier than running only six days a week. So I think it's a stage that you get into at one point in your running life if you're trying to be serious about running. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but I think um, it's really shown a great lot of benefit. And I think, John, you've talked about this before. It's done the same thing to you as well.
2: (coughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly adding in, making sure that you're running at least once a day is going to make your weekly mileage much, much easier. And I think it's actually easier on your body rather than doing these big single runs. Uh, for me, it's always been easier to split it into lower mileage runs. Now, again, there's caveats to that. Your long run needs to be a long run. Um, and your workouts need to be a workout. That's the proper distance, but I definitely think it's easier on your body overall. If you can split your, the, the remaining miles over seven days rather than six days, or as we've talked about before even taking some of those days and doubling. So yeah, I definitely agree with that.
0: I agree. Cool. <clears throat> so and then finally i think the last topic i want to talk about is uh, cross training when you're injured and i think it becomes really not cross training in, anymore it just becomes training but it's just not running i had a time in my life when my ankle was hurt and i couldn't run at all and so i took an entire winter off and what i did is i went to the pool every day and and i became a really good swimmer but i also kept my fitness and so when i was in good shape to get back into running um, I felt like I hadn't lost anything it it just felt like I had gone back into running almost immediately so I did quite a bit of leg exercises with the board inside I actually tried running in the pool which is not as easy as it sounds but it's low impact and it did help with my ankle because I could put more weight on one side than the other and uh, it kept my legs in good shape and uh, really made my upper body a lot stronger so if you can't run there is a chance that you can actually do something else Either on the treadmill, you can get on the bike, uh, or if something happens to your lower body, then you can uh, get in the pool and start swimming. So. Um, and any of you guys had uh, a chance to do cross training because you were injured?
2: Yeah, I can actually give kind of two specific examples and uh, oddly enough, neither one of them were me. There were people that are, that I was training with at the time. Um, <clears throat> and they, they had two different approaches, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but, but both of them, got injured, um, in two different ways. And one of them, it was an impact injury. And this particular person started doing elliptical. And, I mean, he was just a madman on the elliptical. And he was able to simulate a lot of the workouts that he was supposed to be doing. He was able to simulate roughly the amount of time that he was supposed to be cardiovascularly, uh, you know, uh, training for his easy runs in place of his easy runs. And I don't think you can do that indefinitely and come back in the same shape or close to the same shape that you were in. Um, but I think for some period of time, if it's an injury that's maybe I don't know four, maybe even six weeks, if you can maintain the same level of intensity, I think you can actually come back as close. And, and so the one example was was the elliptical, um, and then I had an, another athlete that I trained with, um, and what he did was pool running. And I think Greg kind of alluded to this. Uh, you know, this is the, the pool belt thing that that makes you float and you know, if we were doing a, a, a fartlek workout that was—I don't know—I'll say, you know, a 20-40 drill where you run hard for 20 seconds and then run easy for 40 seconds, he would try to simulate that as best he could, as best he could, in the pool, and I was astounded that when he came back. He wasn't quite in the same shape, but he was really close. So I think there's there's a point where you can sort of string out your level of fitness through injury, and you know the examples I just gave are both low impact. Obviously it depends on what your injury is. If it's a, a knee injury, you probably can't do the elliptical, but you, you know do things that make sense that aren't gonna uh, make your injury worse, and you may be able to stretch out your fitness and and not really lose anything or lose very little by uh, some form of uh, as Greg said, kind of uh, becomes your training rather than cross training, but that becomes
0: your you know your training yep very cool tom what about you
2: yeah and i
1: i mean i had a similar experience to uh john's first story um last december um to where the the pfi was dealing with just got too bad to the the point where i was doing myself damage by continuing to run so i was a member at the ymca at the time and just started going to spin class and um you know spent some time on the bike and You know, would go to class each day, and you know, as a lot of people who have been to a class like that know, your workout is kind of determined by yourself. So you can work as hard or as easy as you'd like. So some days I'd I'd take it easy and and treat it like an easy run for an hour, and then a couple times a week I would, uh, you know, really get after it, usually on the same days that I would be doing a track workout if I had been running. So, you know, I was really able to maintain pretty close to the same level of fitness and intensity that I would have had I been running, but, um, you know, a completely different environment that, you know, honestly was, was, was pretty fun. Um, so then, you know, when I came back in January ready to run and get, get ready to train for Boston, I was, you know, pretty much not very far off from where I would have been had I been training and healthy running.
2: Yeah, good point, Tom. You can really uh, you you can kick your butt during (laughs) during a spin session if you really uh, put your mind to it and work hard. That's uh, that's a good point, and that can be a fun thing with a group too. So yeah, good point
0: yep and it gets your heart rate to go up and you burn calories and you don't gain weight, which is uh, <laughs> one of the very bad downside of getting injured so been there done that not fun so well guys uh, appreciate your time again tonight this uh, I think this has been a good conversation I hope our listeners are getting some good information um, I want to invite everyone to go on the website we've updated the list of events that we're offering in 2017 so I'd like for you to go and check it out there's training camps. There is guided trail runs, and we have also uh, free training runs for local events here in Arizona. So I'd like to invite you to go and take a look at that. Also, uh, don't forget to follow us on iTunes or on uh, SoundCloud. Uh, There's a link available in the description of this podcast. And then, uh, again, I want to thank you for listening, and remember to go visit our website, www.altitude.run. And uh, we actually haven't selected a topic for the next episode, so uh, please let us know what you want to hear about in the comment, and uh, we'll do our best to uh, talk about it. So, guys, good night, and uh, we'll see you on the next round. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks.